0: It's who you become in that process that is the special thing, because um, the success is going to come and go, the money's going to come and go, like all that stuff is, all that stuff is just whatever. That stuff's not, that stuff's meaningless at the end of the day. But who you become and the people you impact along the way is what matters the most. Alex Erickson joins Wisco Legacy this week to talk about his path to the NFL.
1: The former three-sport star athlete from Darlington, Wisconsin nearly didn't make it to the nfl right after high school he had originally committed to play basketball for uw stevens point a division three powerhouse then he got a preferred walk-on for the wisconsin badger football team he decided to choose that and with that that one little decision changed the rest of his life this is the pride of darlington with alex erickson
0: Hi, I'm Alex Erickson, former Darlington Redbird, former Wisconsin Badger, and current Washington commander wide receiver, and this is my Wisco Legacy.
1: Uh, Welcome to Wisco Legacy. I'm your host, Corey Kundert. I'm really excited today to have Alex Erickson. Alex is a former Darlington Redbird. He played football for the Wisconsin Badgers, and he's now with the Washington Commanders in the NFL. Alex, welcome to Wisco Legacy.
0: Hey, happy to be here, man.
1: Awesome. So I want to dive into your upbringing in Darlington. Can you talk about uh, the community? I know it's a small community, about 2,400 people. Uh, you want to talk about your community there?
0: Yeah, Darlington, Wisconsin. It was great, man. I loved everything about it. Um, still have a close niche group of high school buddies that we still hang out all the time. So uh, it's something that really shaped me, molded me, work ethic. Uh, just doing the right things, uh, respecting people. Um, you know, a lot of my core values are things that I was taught, um, by my parents obviously, but things that the whole community really embodied as a whole. And, um, it's something that I would never change. You know, every, obviously, every town city has its, uh, its positive negatives, but, um, you know, the positives outweigh the negatives, that's for sure. And, um, uh, I was, it was awesome to grow up there and still spend a lot of time there. My mom and dad still live there and the in-laws still live in Darlington. So, uh, it's still a community that's near and dear to our hearts. And we try to, you know, pour back into the youth, pour back into, uh, the people there as much as we can and, uh, really just show the support we have for them because that's all they've done for me is supported me. And, um, really just been a, a support system like no other.
1: Yeah, when I think of Wisconsin, Darlington's a, a town that I think embodies a lot of what Wisconsin is like. You know, you have really great support for the schools and the athletics. There's a dirt track for racing in the town. Yeah, um, it all. You got it all in, in Darlington. <laughs> uh, so you're a multi-sport athlete. You want to talk about uh, the sports you were involved in as a kid and how that helped you uh, as an athlete?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, mostly played basketball in the winters. Obviously, football in the falls. And then I ran track, played baseball growing up. Um, got involved with golf. You know, just my dad, and my brothers, and uh, really just love sports in general. Um, obviously, there's only so much time, so you got to kind of pick your sports, but. Um, I always like the label as an athlete, not, you know, not just a football player or a basketball player, just a track athlete, just an athlete in general. Just, just being able to pick up a tennis racket or a golf ball or ping pong tape or ping pong paddle and just being able to play. And I think, um, you know, when you're able to do that, it allows you to be well-rounded. And I know it's helped me on the football field tremendously. Um, especially when you're doing like special teams and stuff that's a different aspect of the game and you got to be able to adapt and learn and use different movements. And um, yeah, so I just love playing sports. So I just played as much as I could. And um, obviously being a smaller community, there's not a ton to do. So, you know, sports was my entertainment, my, um, it's where I felt comfortable and, you know, my friends and my brothers were all involved in sports. So, that's just, that's what we did. And, um, I loved every second of it.
1: Yeah. You see a lot of multi-sport athletes in small communities and, uh, it's crucial to the success of the the school and, and their athletics there. And, um, to me personally, I was a three sport athlete too. And I, I feel like, like you said, it makes you more of a well-rounded athlete. You can take things you learn from one sport and it helps you in, in the others. So Absolutely. That's, that's great to hear. Um, you were a highly prolific quarterback in high school. you ran I think for more yards than you did when then you threw in high school you, um, you were a great basketball player too. Uh, can you talk about uh, your your path to the Wisconsin Badger football team? It wasn't a linear path. Uh, you almost you almost took a different direction so can you talk about that?
0: Yeah, I obviously being from a small town you, you don't always get recruited. Um, I think it's getting better now with the, the ability to send film and, you know, a lot more camps and a lot more access and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so I loved basketball. Basketball was kind of my first love. That was a sport I played the most growing up and, um, football was just something I liked a lot, um, and just happened to be pretty good at it too. So I think it kind of just, um, kind of just happened naturally and, Um, but if it was, you know, when I got done with high school, obviously I had, had the accolades, all that stuff was getting recruited by some smaller schools and didn't really want to go play football for, you know, WIAC or even one of the division twos in Minnesota. I just, it just wasn't something that was really appealing to me for whatever reason. They're obviously great programs and all that. Um, but if I was going to go and do something and really just make the most of it and enjoy it. I was going to play basketball. So actually I did commit to the UW Stevens point and then somehow kind of got a preferred walk on acceptance into UW, but it was going to have to wait for another, another semester. So I couldn't join right away. So basically went and was just a normal student for uh, a semester, had a broken wrist anyway, so it wouldn't really matter. But, um, Yeah. So that's kind of how that all transformed into going from, well, I'm going to go play basketball at Stevens point to no going to walk on at the university of Wisconsin. And that's a place where, you know, I get asked that question a lot. It's like, why did you decide to, I just, for me it was, I wasn't worried about not making it or failing or any of that stuff. Like none of that mattered to me. It was just an opportunity. That's all I wanted was an opportunity. And if I went there and it didn't work out, I would have had no regrets. I would, cause I know I was going to try my hardest and if it wasn't good enough, it wasn't good enough. That's just the way it was. Um, cause I could always go play basketball somewhere if I wanted to. Um, so yeah, I, I, was like, this is something I've always dreamed of as a kid playing, having that motion W helmet on and just playing at camp Randall and for the home team, like that was just something that. You know, you always you're on the front yard, you know, playing catch like you're always just you kind of dreaming about this stuff as a kid. You don't even realize um, it can be become a reality. And so that's all I was doing. I was was just trying to trace my dreams and go after something. And who cares if it doesn't work out? Who cares if you fail? I mean, you know, we worry about that a lot now. And it's just like I didn't care. I just I'm going to go do it. And whatever happens, happens. I'm going to have no regrets when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah, that's awesome to be able to, to you know take that leap, and uh, I'm sure playing basketball at Stevens Point probably felt a little bit more secure than walk, you know, being a preferred walk. And walk the, the thing managers.
0: was, Stevens Point, my ce- which would have been my senior year at Stevens Point, they won a national championship that year. Because oh. uh, I knew a lot of the guys I was going to play with. I played a lot of AU with those guys, and as you know, like those WEACs, I mean, those school. I mean, that's a tough league, and that's a mm-hmm. tough. I mean. <laughs> People think that going to D3 is, um, you know, like a downgrade, but that, I mean, that league is competitive and that's great basketball. um, And a lot of those guys could go play at a higher levels uh, if given the opportunity. Uh, But yeah, they won a national championship that year. I mean, not saying that we would have, if I was on the team, I would just, that was just pretty cool that they won a national Mm. championship that year, too.
1: Yeah. You ever reflect back on, you know, wondering what if you wouldn't have, came to wisconsin and, t- and pursued that basketball
0: yeah i don't know what happened man i don't know where i'd be right now uh i wouldn't be sitting in washington dc uh right now but yeah it's it's just cool how the journey all works itself out and uh, you know kind of just taking leaps of faith and uh, just just following your dreams man you know mm-hmm. it sounds corny and cliche but just can't give up and just keep trying and Good things will happen. Whether it goes the way you want it to or not, something good will come from it.
1: Absolutely. So now let's talk about Badger football. So in high school, you were a quarterback. And yep. for, for Wisconsin, you're obviously a wide receiver. Can you talk about the transition in that and some of the the nuances you had to learn uh, for the position?
0: Yeah, I, I knew I wasn't going to play quarterback. Um, just just based on, you know, a lot of things, but I just wasn't going to, I wasn't good enough at quarterback just as a pure passer, to play in that style of offense. Um, so I knew I had to make a transition and, you know, kind of going back to the athlete thing, you know, being able to do multiple things and play multiple positions and multiple sports, like it gives you the ability to adapt and change and, um, figure something out. And so I got there, I was like, well, I can play defense, I can play safety, or I can play wide receiver. And I didn't really want to tackle people all the time. So I was like, receiver's got to be my move. Um, so I got to play receiver. And it was good because when I got there, I, I played a little bit of receiver in high school. Just, you know, we played, you know, doing like one-on-ones and stuff. You'd go do receiver stuff the DBs and vice versa. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, uh, so when I got there, I was pretty raw in terms of what I know about the position. And so I was like, man, I, I just going to jump in here and just learn. And, and, you know, I got there like, uh, Jared Abedaris was the guy at the time. Um, I didn't have, and I kind of say this to people. I was like, I didn't, it was good because I didn't have any bad habits cause I didn't have any habits at all. So when I got there, I was learning from, Obviously, great coaches and, you know, learning how to play the position the right way with the correct technique. And so it, I was able to pick up the position pretty quick. And when I got there, I was basically just on the look team, scout team stuff my first year. And then the second year, we had some injuries in spring ball. And I really started getting opportunities and really started making plays and really started gaining confidence in that. And it really propelled me into the season. And I was able to uh, eventually earn a starting spot at the, the slot, the number three spot by the end of the year, my second year there. Um, and, you know, how that all worked was pretty cool. Cause you know, I didn't know if I was good enough to play there. Like I had confidence in myself and belief in myself and like knew I could, knew I was a good player, but I didn't know if I was good enough to play at division one, Wisconsin, big 10 level. And so when I started making some plays and getting some recognition, it was kind of just like that snowball effect of like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I really just came confident in that role and it allowed me to, you know, play at a high level. And, um, and that's what's special about Wisconsin. They don't care if you're a walk-on or scholarship, like you're getting an opportunity. If you come in there, work hard, do things the right way, Um, you know, smart, tough, dependable people, that's what they want. And if you can do that and, you know, I was able to do that and uh, earn myself a scholarship after my second year and starting spot and all this stuff kind of happened really quick. And, um, you know, I'd, it happened so fast. I didn't really have time to realize how special it was until you kind of look back on the journey. But um, it was it was a pretty cool experience. And you know, I loved still go back there and work out and train. And, um, you know, Coach Chris was there my last year. so. Still got connection with him, and uh, it's just fun to be around the program still and um, just see former players that he played with and, you know, seeing the guys now and just that legacy of Wisconsin's football and uh, that brotherhood that you have for life.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, confidence is crucial for for any job or anything in life. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've noticed that in myself, Uh, you know, once I become – confident to feel like things improve it's awesome mm-hmm. to see that translate to the football field for you and uh what was the the experience like of running out of camp randall for the very first time
0: yeah i mean that's one of the more memorable things i think uh you know the intro song and then you know you see it all the time but it, it was it's one of those things that gives you the chills you know even even to you know now if i go back to a game and you're on the field and like you kind of just put yourself back in the, the shoes and you're like, man, that was, that was pretty special. And, you know, it's hard to, your adrenaline's going so much when you're a player and it's hard to really enjoy it because you're so focused on what you got to do and kind of the anxiety of the game and the nerves of the game um, kind of Trump, you know, just like sitting back and enjoying everything. Cause you're like ultra focused. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was pretty cool experience running out there and, um, Hearing eighty some thousand people scream and yelling, and uh, so yeah, it's a pretty cool environment, as you know.
1: Do you want to talk about some of the the memorable moments you had with the Wisconsin jersey on?
0: Yeah, there was there were some good ones. I you know I always say the best stuff was just like in the locker room, you know, hanging with the guys and um, those relationships that you form, and that's what's unique about college compared to the NFL is you come in with you, know, you come in with twenty five guys in a class ish. Um, And you're there with most of them, you know, not all of them last, but you're there with most of them for whatever reason for four years, five years. And so you really form a bond. Whereas the NFL, you know, guys are coming and going every year and you're on different teams and, you know, it kind of becomes a a messy business. But that's what's what's special about college. You know, you're living with these guys, you're hanging out with these guys. You you know, you don't have families to go home to right away. So what do you do? You go hang out with the guys. You're with these guys all the time. Uh, so those are some of the best moments, uh, but actually on the, like, personally, and then as a team, you know, I think personally, like, when I earned my scholarship, that was a pretty cool moment. Um, we are in the team meeting, and Coach Anderson at the time, you know, came up and then announced that I was going to be awarded a scholarship, and everyone goes crazy for you, you know, and it's just a pretty surreal moment because you realize how much support you have and how much guys believe in you and how much... Uh, Love there really is, you know, on a team, and so that was a pretty cool moment. I think, then I think one of the other really special moments was we we didn't win a bowl game for like well, we lost those three Rolls Bowls in a row, and then we didn't win a game, our bowl game, for like four years or something, some crazy stat. And then um, Coach Alvarez came back. And coach us in one of the bowl games. And, you know, we I think it was the Outback Bowl. We won it, a game-winning field goal versus Auburn. And um, Alby was, you know, our coach. And so that, that was a pretty cool moment. And it was a pretty cool moment, too, because, um, you know, I basically got to play for every coach in the last, you know, I played yeah. for Alwe at Alvarez for two games. He came back after Al, or after Bielema left. And then he came back again after Anderson left. Um, so I had Bailama for a year, had Anderson for two, had Alvarez for two games, and then I had Coach Chris. So I basically had you know, all those coaches, every coach we've had in the last 30 years. Wow. Uh, but that, that was, yeah, the, the winning the bowl game was a really special moment as a team just because it was kind of that getting that monkey off our back. I know it was just the outback bowl, but uh, all those bowls are competitive. And obviously you're playing like Auburn and SEC teams. It's, it's always special. But uh, that, was, that was a pretty cool moment.
1: Yeah. Can you talk about the transition uh, for those coaches? It has to be uh, in the locker room. It has to be interesting to go through all those transitions. What was that that experience like for you?
0: Yeah, I think it's worse now with the transfer portal and all that stuff. Guys can really jump ship without having to sit out and stuff. Whereas when we were in there, you had to sit out a year. So you really didn't want to leave. Uh, but we knew as players, we knew the stability of the program. And that kind of that kind of trumped whatever was happening with the coaching staff because Albert was still there, so we knew that there was going to be a good coach that comes in. It wasn't like we had, you know, we came off of three roll three Rose Bowls and all that stuff, so it wasn't like it wasn't like the next coach is coming into a rebuild. Um, and then even with Coach Anderson, I think we won nine or ten games the year he the year he left too. So it's like we're a good team. I don't know why we have new coaches coming in. Like we have a good team. We've won a ton of games. Um, so it was kind of, it was kind of weird in that aspect, but it was really just, well, it got a new coach. You gotta, you gotta re-earn your stripes. You gotta impress the new coach. You gotta show what you can do in front of the new coach. So it really kept you, you really had to keep improving every year. You couldn't get complacent because, uh, you know, there's a new agenda, a new set of eyes watching you and new guys making decisions. So uh, it was something that really forced you to keep playing your best football every single day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Were there uh, some players or coaches you had uh, really great bonds with or really impacted you in your, your career?
0: Yeah, I think all my receiver coaches were great. Um, my, my freshman year was uh, Coach Azani. He's with the Denver Broncos now. And then uh, the next year was um, – Chris, Coach Beatty, he's with the Chargers. Um, And then I had Ted Gilmore my last year, and he's uh, with Michigan State now. Um, Just three great, very different styles. You know, Coach Azani was very, a lot of energy, uh, running around, you know, you know, hooping and hollering a lot and stuff like that. And then Coach Beatty was more laid back, you know, let you play your style. And then uh, Gilmore was kind of a mix between both, still more laid back. Um, but yeah, those guys really had an impact on me as a player and uh, guys that really helped me become the receiver that I am today, uh, which is um, a testament to their coaching ability and just a relationship we formed off the field as well. So you
1: transitioned to the NFL. That's a huge transition in life. Um, can you talk about preparing for the draft uh, and then going undrafted in that whole process that you went through and kind of where your head, your head, your head was at. Life.
0: Yeah. That was the longest day of my life watching all seven rounds and not hearing your name called, which sucked, um, at the time. Cause that would just be cool to get your name called and, you know, just being drafted, right. You just want to be drafted. But in reality, you know, if you're going to be a six or seven out pick, you know, you you got just as good chances to be an undrafted guy. I would say, uh, especially seventh round, in uh, the the luxury you have as undrafted, you kind of can find the best fit schematically and how the roster shapes up after the draft. Um, so that was a benefit for us, and um, and uh, when I say us, I mean my agent, and my wife, and. Um, the people that we, we were making decisions and you know so we chose Cincinnati we chose we kind of came down to Cincinnati Minnesota and Baltimore Ravens and um, we went with Cincinnati because well we went on a visit to Cincinnati and then we went on a visit to Minnesota so I had a relationship with the coaching staffs and uh, talked to them and, and it was really just the wide receiver coach in Cincinnati at the time uh, coach Urban uh, had a good relationship with him and you know, the way he talked about my game is the way I would talk about my game. So we were, he saw my game as I saw my game. And that was important to me because you want, you want a staff that knows your strengths and is going to put you in position to play your best football and have success. And, you know, that was what I was able to do in Cincinnati. And um, Yeah. I was able to, you know, be, it was there for five years. It was a great experience. I, you know, I love Cincinnati and, um, You know, that's kind of how the punt return, kickoff return stuff came in. Um, As you know, there's only, they only keep five or six receivers. And if you're not playing special teams, you you know, you're probably, it hurts your chances at making the roster, but also playing on Sundays. And so it was basically a battle between me and and the returner that they had there for some time. Um, I didn't have a ton of return experience, didn't do any kickoff returns in college. And then, uh, you know, did a little bit of punt return in my senior year. Um, so it was a, it was a niche that I had to figure out quickly. And, you know, I had, uh, once again, I think the coaching aspect that I've had throughout the experiences has been, you know, instrumental to my success and allowed me to, you know, play at a high level, um, you know, and really just taking those coaching points and applying them on the field. And, uh, coach Simmons in Cincinnati is a great special teams coach and a guy that, you know, really pushed me. He's, he's, he's a hard guy to play for. He really pushes you. Um, but you know, he, he sees the best in you and you trying try to get that out. So, um, it was something that really helped me become the returner I am.
1: Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about your return, your, uh, first preseason in uh, Cincinnati yeah. in a minute here. But, uh, so I had Jonathan Orr uh, on, former badger wide receiver a while back, uh, one of my earlier episodes, and he runs a company called Athlete Athlete Transition Services. And he helps athletes transition out of sports and, you know, in transition in different ways of life. And he talked about the struggle and the challenge it was to transition from a college athlete to a professional athlete. What was that transition like for you?
0: Yeah, it it was difficult because, you know, you had school and you had all this stuff and you had all these tutors and all this stuff that was... Right there for you, Uh, and now you're in the NFL. Well, I don't have school anymore. I, you know, you're getting paid to do this. You gotta, you know, it's basically a normal hour job. Um, So you get home, you're like, well, you gotta study. You gotta take care of your body. You gotta prepare still, and um, you know, luckily I was around some veterans that, you know, I could watch them and you know see their examples and. really just see the importance of taking care of yourself physically. And, you know, I think that's something that you learn over time because, you know, when you're young and you come in as a rookie, like your body feels great. You, don't, you haven't been playing a ton. Um, you know, the, the college game, you only play 12 games a year now we're playing, well, 16 at the time plus four preseason games. So you're basically playing two seasons of college and one NFL season. And, so, it's just a matter of learn how to be a pro, you know, taking care of yourself, studying, like I said, preparing and um, really just maximizing the resources you have to, um, you know, play as long as you can. Uh, but at the time, you're just like, well, I just got to make it this week and make it next week. Mm-hmm. And because uh, as we know, it's basically a week to week business, they can cut you anytime. Um, that's the nature of the beast. But yeah, man, it was just. I think it was the same things I did in college. Came in there, just put my head down, took the coaching. Obviously, understood what to do, um, and just played ball.
1: Mm-hmm. And being an undrafted free agent, that's got to be pretty stressful, you know. You said that you they only keep five or six wide receivers on the roster, so finding your niche was definitely uh, helpful. So, can you talk about uh, getting into the return game? And I think you had a breakout uh, preseason game that, that I think was probably a pretty big turning point in your career. Yeah, it was, it,
0: you know, looking back, that was the moment that kind of really sprung me into, um, you know, I still had to do it again and again, but it was the moment that led to, um, uh, all those opportunities and, uh, and what really led to it was, so I wasn't even really on the depth chart to be a returner and, so they would go out and catch punts before practice and stuff off the jugs. And I would always just go out there and catch them. So the coach, so coach Simmons knew I could catch the punts. And so they had a guy, well, they had, they had two guys at the time that were kind of dual doing it. And they had a young guy that was really explosive guy and, uh, really quick and fast and all that. And he was the guy there trying to get to, you know, really be that role. And, He got hurt in the third quarter or something. I was playing a lot of offensive receiver, um, but he got hurt. And so then it was like the fourth quarter. uh, Darren's like, hey, go in there and return the punt. So I go in there like, all right, let's go. And the dude from Minnesota bombs me one. Hits me like probably 65, 70 yard or just a bomb of a punt. And I kind of catch it like over my shoulder. Um, Not how you're supposed to do it, but whatever. I was just playing ball and – Catch it, get vertical, kind of like bounce off a couple of tackles. I'm like, oh crap, I'm still on my feet. Get to the sideline and go up and score. I think like a 70 yarder on my first ever punt return in the NFL, and it was a pretty shrill moment because I had a uh, I had a touchdown catch uh, earlier in the game, and so it was it was kind of just happening so fast, and I didn't even know what's going on. Just just preseason game one, just had one an opportunity and really made the most of it and. You know, that kind of led to week two and it's the same thing. I was, you know, the third or fourth guy. Um, so I got in the fourth quarter, boom, hit like returned like another 30 yarder. Really should have been another touchdown. And then so week three is kind of like the dress rehearsal for the season. And uh, Darren's like, you're going to start as a part turner. I was like, okay. And I was nervous as crap. First ever start, really. And it was, it was kind of, this was, this was my moment right here. I got to, I got to prove that I can do it versus their guys with some pressure on me to, to perform. And, you know, I had, I just had it rolling and, you know, got another one up the sideline, had a couple good returns, made some good decisions and, uh, um, that whole experience of, and then, and then going into the last preseason game, they, they released the guy that I was kind of competing with. So he could have another shot at another roster, um, and then, you know, coach Marvin Lewis at the time called me and told me I made the team. And um, it was a pretty, it was a cool moment. It was, you know, the dream was becoming a reality and it, you know, didn't really settle in until, you know, week one. But it was something that, you know, when you're just focused on making the team, like that's the goal. All right. How do I do that? You know, just the day to day, the process of it all, like don't worry about making the team like what's going to allow you to make the team is doing things day by day by day. The process of going out and executing your job and then the results of making the team that takes care of itself. And so that's really just what I did. And uh, it was a pretty it was a pretty cool moment. And then um, kind of didn't really do the kickoff return stuff till probably like week two or three in the season. We got uh, when coach got a little more comfortable with me and a little more trust in me. Um, that was pretty cool. We played. We played in uh, MetLife Stadium in New York City, uh, week one. Nine uh, eleven game was on 9-11, so it was pretty cool. Um, you know, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a cool moment.
1: Talk about that that phone call from Marv, Marvin Lewis and yeah. making the team. What was that? Ex- what, what was going through your head when you got that phone call?
0: Yeah. So the way it worked, it was kind of like you know we played on Thursday night. Last preseason game, and then it was kind of you come in Friday, and just because you can, kind of just hang it, work out, watch the film, whatever. And then you got the weekend off, and then you come back in. It's different now, but then you come back in on Monday, and you're hitting the ground running for week one. And so, I left the stadium Friday. Like they said, leave your phones on. We'll call you over the next couple days. You know, if you got to come in, if we're releasing you, and stuff like that. And so I knew like I knew I had a good shot of like I was pretty sure that like, at worst case I was gonna make the practice squad. Mm. And but I had a good feeling I was gonna make the roster because they released the returner that I was competing with already. So it was kind of and you know, some of the coaches were, you know, my receiver coach and stuff like that, like they don't say it outright because there's decisions that can get made with you know that are above all of our decision making. Coach Lewis, I, I remember exactly where I was. I was driving across the bridge in Cincinnati, going over to Kentucky where I the team hotel was, and he called me and said, um, "Hey, you made the team. I don't want you to have to, you know, go you can go celebrate with your family and all that stuff." And I had family in town, and uh, my wife now, my girl, she was my girlfriend at the time, uh, she was there, and my mom and dad, and one of my good friends was there, and so it was pretty cool making that phone call to them and said, "Hey, I made the team," and. Uh, you know, it's just, that's where the journey all began. That's
1: awesome. You had a five-year run in Cincinnati. Yeah. Talk talk about your experience there. I know, I think you and Andy Dalton were pretty close and yep. um, had some really great experiences as a Bengal.
0: Yeah, it was, it was, um yeah, Cincinnati, we really fell in love with Cincinnati. Um, it's where we got engaged and my wife and I got engaged and really just made it our second home really. And it was, you know, Cincinnati is a cool place. If you ever get down there, it's a Midwestern town, like it's right on the river of, uh, Northern Kentucky and, uh, Ohio river there splits kind of between Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati. And, uh, so yeah, I really love Cincinnati. It was a great time there. And, um, you know, I just, you know, that's where I made a lot of memories and really began my career and really established my career. And, um, know it's led me to some other places too but that's just the nature of the business and uh but yeah i really love my time in cincinnati yeah
1: you you were primarily a return man but you did get on the field as a receiver um can you talk about some of the the experiences you had uh, as a receiver in the nfl
0: yeah well i came in with uh, tyler boyd so we kind of played the same position you know he's really become a premier slot receiver so i was always kind of behind him um you know i got to i got quite a bit of playing time in twenty nineteen when we had some injuries and stuff and uh you know had a nice year. But yeah, I was kinda of just the uh fourth, fifth receiver and um kind of made that my role and um uh, you know it's just like any job, any business, you gotta you just gotta own your role and um uh, really just you know, obviously we all wanna play more. We all wanna be the starter and all that stuff and um, you know, there's, there's games where I was able to start just based on the way things worked out. Um, and then you got to come in, you got to execute. And then the next week the guy's back. So you're going to back to a backup role, even though you had a good game. Like that's just the way the, that's just the way it works sometimes. And so it was always just being ready to go, being ready to play, um, knowing multiple spots. So I could play the X, I could play the Z, I could play the, I could play the slot of the F and um, really just being multiple. And you know, getting my package of plays that I had a lot of weeks and, you know, whether it was 10 plays, whether it was 15, whether it was two, whatever it may be like going in and just executing that. And um, you know, that's what I always try to tell young guys too. It's just like, it's a week to week league. You could be not playing snaps inactive this week and then uh, next week you're starting. So um, that's just the way the, the, the gig is and you got to be ready for it. Um, and the only way to do that is prepare and just be, just be ready and confident when your time comes.
1: Mm-hmm. So after five years, you ended up uh, going to the
0: Texans
1: yep. for a little bit. You talked about your experience going there, and then you spent some time in
0: Carolina too. Yeah. So what we were trying to do is get an opportunity to play more receiver. That's what we wanted. Um, you know, primarily primarily did the return stuff. Um, played some receiver, like we said in Cincinnati. But I wanted ch- I wanted a chance at being a starting mm-hmm. slot receiver. And so I went down to Houston, uh, long story short, just didn't work out. Just for whatever reason, just didn't work out. Um, so then I got released by, uh, Houston. And then I got picked up by Carolina, um, and got with them week one or right after the preseason, uh, last year and, uh, played in every game last year with Carolina and, uh, had a good experience down there, um, and just, you know, just, it was good. It was, it was kind of, it was a tough year. It was a challenging year for me. Um, just kind of, it was kind of the real first adversity that I've not the first adversity, but the, like the most adversity I've faced in one time in the NFL by being his first time I ever got cut, um, which is is crappy experience. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and my family's down in Houston, we were all down in Houston. Like that was our spot. Um, and, well, we're moving. We got to get out of here. Um, so it was tough. It was just tough because it's, it's always hard on. And we had really close friends down there that my wife and uh, one of my teammates, uh, Jeff Driscoll and his wife, they're like best friends. And so it was tough to, like, we had a community there that we were going to be a part of. And um, just to pick up and move, you know, it, it just it's just hard. It's just hard on everybody. But we know we know it's part of the business we know what we signed up for so um off we went to carolina
1: yeah, yeah. and you you spent all of last year there and then you didn't have a contract uh for this offseason yep. you didn't have you were you were kind of in the free agency for that which probably had you probably had some anxiety uh nice. and, and some things like that Can you talk about this offseason um you know the work you put in and uh kind of navigating free agency
0: yeah free agency we didn't We didn't know what was going to happen in free agency, as we never do. But, uh, you know, as things kind of went on, you know, it was looking like it was going to be after the draft, which it was. But uh, just because teams, you know, make their draft picks and, you know, especially the spot I'm in, you know, the kind of returner, you know, backup receiver type thing right now, um, you know, those spots can get filled in the draft. So it's like you gotta wait till the rosters get defined and all that stuff and then um you know, you you kinda of find your spot and uh Washington was a team that we talked to last year in free agency and then we've been talking to them this year in free agency. Um and yeah, so I'm really excited to be here. It's uh coach Rivera and his staff are um very pros pro like staff and you know, treat you like professionals and um you know, come in and work and do your job type mentality, and um, but no, I think the team's really uh, improved last year. Got hot at the end of the year, and um, yeah, so I'm really excited to be a part of the organization. That's great. Um,
1: looking forward to to you being part of your organization. And um, one question I'm I'm really curious about is, you know, you grew up in a small town of 2,400 people. Uh, now you've navigated the NFL. I think this is year seven for you um you so you've been in the spotlight for a very long time what's that like to to be in the spotlight you know you have social media posts saying hey alex erickson signed with the commanders you know do you pay attention to that stuff like what's what's that mentality like around that
0: yeah i don't know i i'm not a huge social media guy um you know i follow it i see it um but i'm not huge on social media so i don't do a ton of interacting on my my platforms and stuff like that um yeah, I see it. And I, I don't know, the, the support I have is pretty, is pretty cool. Um, from, from, especially just the Wisconsin itself but the Southwest corner, especially. And, um, so it's been, that's been the best part, I think of all of it is being able to just just share that journey with, um, you know, with the community, you know, and my family. And as you know, everyone knows everybody type thing. So just being able to share that experience and, um, it's, it's been pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. So let's, let's uh, go beyond the life of football for you. Yeah. Uh, you have a, well, this is kind of football related, but um, you have an air, the Erickson foundation. Uh, can mm-hmm. you talk about what you're doing with that? And I know there's a, a summer camp coming up here soon.
0: Yeah, we got the summer camp in June here, our fifth year doing it. Um, couldn't do it with COVID the one year. And um, so that's, kind of our last year, but yeah, it's been, uh, the Erickson Foundation was something my wife and I, well, we had like, we had so many people like would ask us, Hey, can you sign this? Can we do that? Like, um, can you come speak at this and all that stuff? And it's just like, they would like, Hey, can we pay you for it? And I was like, I really don't want to be paid for this. Like, like I just, I just know the people that poured into my life. Like I didn't, I wanted to be able to do that and not be like always oh, here because he's paid. Like, whatever for whatever reason, I was just, I just didn't want to get paid for it. And so they're like, well, can we donate to something? And I was like, I mean, just alone on that, you know, you could do something with the money. You, you know, people are giving you for, you know, signing stuff for them for their family or whatever. And so that, that was kind of what sparked us. And then we're like, well, we do a lot of stuff with the Hodan Community Center, Hodan Center in uh, Minter Point. We had that, like the special needs, the youth, like that was where really where our attention wanted to be. So we decided to start the Erickson Foundation with the uh, emphasis being on the youth and people with special needs. Um, so that's kind of what we do. Uh, we do a scholarship in the in, at Darlington every year. And then... We just do various things for, you know, people that need help, whatever it may be. And with our focus on and not just special needs in the youth, but we'll, I mean, we help other areas, but that's kind of where our focus is at. And that's where we really want to uh, make an impact and and just just try to maximize this platform that we have and um, really just give back and, you know, do something that's bigger than ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah giving back to the community in the area that that helped build you into who you are that's yeah awesome. exactly yeah so you're also part of the walk-on bar and grill let's oh. hear this story
0: <laughs> yeah so the walk-on bar and grill that's uh it's in mount Horub if anybody uh, is listening and wants to go check it out um uh, it's on main street there yeah so long story short a guy that helped me run my football camp. Um, one of his buddies, uh, he's from Darlington as well, and he was like, "Hey, I'm, um, I'm gonna buy this bar in Mount Horeb. I was like, "Dude, you should call it the Walk On." Like me and one of my buddies, like we always joked about, "Oh, we're gonna open a bar." So my buddy's still a little mad that I, you know, partnered with someone else on this. But uh, he's like, "Yeah," I was like, "You should call it the Walk On." Like being in Wisconsin, he's like, "Oh, it's a great idea." So then, fast forward a year, he calls me. He's like, "Hey, I don't, I love that name and that brand." but I don't want to do it without you. Would you like to be a part of it? I said, yeah. And so we were able to figure out a deal that worked for both of us. And, um, and so it's him and his brother and his sister and then myself were kind of the four partners my wife. So we're the four partners and yeah, that's how it came about. And they, he ran it as it was. And then we rebranded it and remodeled it and, um, uh, it's a cool spot. They got like, we, they put a bar upstairs and uh, really cleaned it up. And um, it's a cool spot. It's, it's something that, and we tied in the walk-on, obviously everyone knows the walk-on tradition in Wisconsin. And so we got a board up there that has all the walk-on names that uh, had made to the NFL and a couple local names that uh, we had to put up on the wall. Um, So that's kind of a sports, sports bar and it's cool. It's a cool experience. Yeah, it's cool yeah. to be a part of, and uh, we have a lot of fun with it. And um, Mark and his family, they, they're they awesome to be in business with. So um, it's cool.
1: That's cool. I haven't been there yet, but I'm definitely going to add it add it to the list and yeah, uh, head over there. That's cool. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about as far as your your football career, anything outside of football? Um, I know uh, family is really important to you. Anything yeah. you want to add in, in there as well?
0: Yeah, so I got two kids. Um, been married. My wife Kelsey will be married five years now in July. Um, yeah, Owen, is three, and then Harper, she's two, and then we got baby number three due in September. So we'll have to navigate the baby with the season. That'll be uh, that'll be interesting, to say the least. Uh, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Um, I feel for my wife in those moments because that's. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest challenges, you know, it's a lot of burden, especially with kids. Like so you're gone. I mean, I'm gone every weekend, you know, you're gone. Uh, most of the time of the day, especially like last year in Carolina, like we didn't, we got there week one. So it wasn't like we were plugged into a community. So it's like, she's trying to make friends while, well, she got two kids, so you can only do so much. And so it really puts a lot of stress on her. Cause she's just spending all day with the kids and, which is great. And she loves it, but, also, too, you got to have your own thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was one of our bigger challenges last year, and um, I know it, it puts a lot of stress on her and stuff like that. But we're excited for baby number three, and yeah, being a dad's better than all this football stuff and whatever else. It's a uh, there's nothing like it, and uh, I enjoy every second of it, and um, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, I I would 100% agree with that. That's awesome. All right, so I got three rapid fire questions and two more questions to wrap us up here quick. So um, I might know the answer to this, but I think I'm going to exclude this. So first question is, what's your favorite restaurant in Wisconsin that's not the walkout bar and grill?
0: (laughs) My favorite restaurant in Wisconsin. Um, That's a good one. I love Dottie's Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. downtown. Great burgers. Cool yep. place. So Dottie Dumplings.
1: Awesome. Uh what's your favorite event in Wisconsin?
0: I like gosh, there's so many things. I want to say just like chilling a lake, but I'm thinking of an event. Um I like to we like doing like the farmer's market. That's cool. Yeah. Every week, you know, go on the farm. We don't go a ton, but when we do, it's a cool experience. Yeah.
1: And last rapid fire one, where's your favorite place to hang out in Wisconsin?
0: My favorite place to hang out? Um, Fayette, Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. It's it's where I grew up. It's a, we love it down there. Good old, uh, it's just outside of Darlington, based between Argyle and Darlington. Fayette, Wisconsin, nice. baby. Nice. Shout <laughs> out. Shout out <laughs> to right. Fayette.
1: Oh yeah. Two final questions here for you. A little bit, a little bit more thinking maybe or all of, around these two. Um, How has Wisconsin helped shape you into who you are today?
0: Yeah, I think when I think of Wisconsin, right, I think of um, blue collar, um, you know, hardworking, just good old people, right? And um, so I think the work ethic is something that I really hung my hat on uh, everywhere I've been, you know, and just doing things the right way. Um, those are two things that I think Wisconsin embodies and two things that I've tried to embody in my career and have allowed me to have some success. Awesome. All right. Last question here for you.
1: When all is said and done, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind?
0: It's a great question. Um, challenging one. Cause there's a lot of ways you could go. Um, but for me, I think, uh, you know, I'm sure when this when we get off this, I'll think of something better than this, but uh, just thinking the first thing that really comes to my mind is like uh, someone that has done it the right way, um, you know, earned everything he's gotten and um, just really pursued his dreams no matter what the obstacles were. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know how to summarize all that, but yeah, just someone that does things the right way. Um, you know, really just chase my dreams and, and really went after it. And, um, cause I think there's something everyone can learn from that, right? We all have our challenges in life. We all have our difficulties and things that we think are, um, gonna hinder us in success. And we worry about that. And rather than just going for it and, um, I think something about that boldness of just going for it allows us to um, just reach marks that we didn't think we could reach. And so I think that's something that I always try to share with when I speak at schools. Just go after your dreams, right? There's going to be tons of people telling you, you can't do this. You can't do that. And most of the time, they're people that have never tried to do anything themselves. And so just go for it. And if you fail and they say, oh, I told you, You know what so what something came from that and you became a better man a better person of it and um, you know it's who you become in that process that is the special thing Um, because the success is going to come and go the money's going to come and go like all that stuff is all that stuff is just whatever that stuff's not that stuff's meaningless at the end of the day but who you become and the people you impact along the way is what matters the most and I try to do that just by working hard and doing things the right way. And, um, just that boldness of stepping out and taking a chance.
1: That's all. That's, that's really great advice. And, you know, just having this conversation with you, uh, you're definitely living out those values that you, you have in you. And, um, I just really appreciate, uh, that advice and, um, wish you all the best in, in life.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Corey. I I appreciate having me on and the Wisco legacy. I, I love the, uh, I love what you're doing here and, um, and everything else, man, let me know.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, with that, I, we think we can wrap up this episode of Wisco legacy. What an incredible journey. Alex Erickson's been on from small town USA to now in Washington, DC, living out his childhood dream of playing in the NFL. Uh, big props to you, Alex, for persevering through everything you've, you've been through to get to where you are. Um, if you're local to the, the Darlington area, he does have a football camp over there in June, so go check that out. Uh, you can follow him out on social media. And if you like this podcast, check out our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages for more information. We also also have a website, whiscolegacy.com. We post some things out there as well. So go check us out there. And If you really enjoy this podcast, please rate and review the podcast out on Apple Podcasts. That would mean the world to me. So with that... Appreciate everybody listening in to episode 29 of Wisco Legacy with Alex Erickson.